Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. This is episode 73. And today, joining me in this, I don't even know how I want to put it, Uncle Rico. Um, you know, usually I'm talking about you're a man of style, sophistication. You're still undefeated against pregnancy tests, but I'm not even, we're dropping the shtick today. Coming along on what this shit show of an episode's about to be, a Frank Costanza special. I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're about to find out. My main man, Uncle Rico, Ricardo Gerbellini, is in today. Thank you so much, Uncle Rico, for coming in. Uh, How are you doing? It's a pleasure. I feel Festivus is in full swing right now. I am a mix of emotions between uh, excitement for the Super Bowl, but disappointment, depression, and just livid anger yeah. for certain things up after yesterday. All right, we're going to talk about the games. Sunday, is, you know, we're recording this Monday night. I was in no mood to do this after the games. Um, and, and, and I'm going to come out and say this this way. People are not necessarily going to agree with me, but I'm going to say it this way. In dealing with the two, the NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game, I think we had one team play well. One team that I think had a situation they just could not overcome. And two teams in a championship game that did not play like teams worthy of being in a championship game. I said we were going to the NFC first. We're not. We're doing the AFC first. We're going to this fucking Chiefs game, chiefs Bengals Go game. This, all right. These two teams had the worst games I've seen them play in a while. This is the worst the Bengals have played in two or three months, and it might be as bad as the Chiefs. I know that it was 23-20. It came down to the kick at the end. Um, but I'm going to hit this really hard because and I, and I, I know people are going to say, you're bitter, the Bengals lost, you're a Joe Burrow guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would be less bitter if anybody played well in this game. This was like watching an 11 a.m. Indiana-Purdue Big Ten game. This was horrible football. I have watched a lot of the Chiefs and the Bengals all season, and this was the least interesting game these two teams have played. It was not well played at all. The two quarterbacks were bad. They were both bad. Look, I don't want to hear any bullshit about Patrick Mahomes today. He was not good in this game. Joe Burrow was no better. The team's offenses were both awful. We told everybody one week ago, you and I sat here and talked about this. We said the team that ran the football would win this game. Run the ball more, you win this game. The team that ran the ball won the game, and that was the Chiefs. They ran the ball three times more than the Bengals. 
And I looked at this. I could not believe this when I went in the box. I, I did believe it because it was there. The Kansas City Chiefs threw the ball 43 times. Patrick Mahomes is a bad ankle on his plant foot, and they had him drop back 43 times. They ran the ball 20 times. Now, in the first half, Isaiah Pacheco had a couple of pretty good runs that was like, okay, this is what you should be doing. Take the pressure off of Kelsey. I take the pressure off of Mahomes. You had all the players that get hurt throughout the game. God damn, it was like a it was like a mash unit on the sideline. Yet, and it wasn't like it was a shootout. It was not 45-43. Both teams scored two touchdowns. And it was ridiculous that anyone could think that those two quarterbacks played great in this game. But the, the, the narrative is Patrick Mahomes is great because he made one running play. At the end, they got him a first down. Never mention that that was the only first down on that possession. And that legitimately, that should have been about 30 yards down the field because there was a clear block in the back on the kick return, on the punt return, that was not called at the point of where the back was, where the returner was, there was a clear. That ball should have been on the 15-yard line, in which case it, it runs out of time. We're going to go to overtime. So people who are bitching about referees today, they got room to bitch because this was also a really poorly officiated game. So I'm going to get into it. One, I thought both teams played poorly. Two, I thought both coaching staffs had bad plans, didn't adjust well. So the coaches I thought were bad. The officiating was horrible. Now, I don't blame officiating for losing the game. And I do think the right call was made on the hit from Patrick Mahomes at the end. He was clearly out of bounds and he was shut. There is no doubt. I am not going to argue that fact for a moment. I feel extremely bad for the the linebacker that did that, he clearly wasn't trying to hurt Mahomes. Mahomes did a world-class flop after that. I mean, worthy of an Academy Award. He should be in the Stuntman Hall of Fame for that fucking uh, role. But, hey, that helps. He turned a 55-yard field goal into a 40-yard field goal. But it was a horribly officiated game. And I'm going to tell you what else is bad. The production of this game was bad. The announcing was bad. Jim Nance had the worst game I've ever heard him announce. Tony Romo acted like there was only two players on the field the entire game. I have been a defender of Tony Romo. At the beginning, I loved him when he first came out. I loved that he was basically calling the plays. He was clearly studying. He stopped doing that. He doesn't study at all. He has no clue now. He's just, oh, great. How great is Mahomes? Oh, great. How great is Burrow? And he does it both ways. So you can't get pissed that it's not your, your guy or their guy. I get that. But they were bad. And it was so bad that I could not. I mean, like it was at one point I wanted to turn the music if it had been a Spanish language alternate I could have had, I would have done it. If I could have had an alternate 
I wouldn't listen to Mitch Holtz on the radio if I could have sunk it up right. And that's bad. So, you know, I want to listen to the Chiefs broadcast. That's bad. It was – the production was bad. They still can't explain to me what happened on the third down play in the fourth quarter when the play gets run and the ref was trying to stop the play but couldn't blow his fucking whistle apparently. And so the Chiefs got another third down. Now, I know what it was. There was a problem with the play clock and the game clock. I understand that. But why did the referee not see the back judge? He's looking that way. He didn't see the back judge coming in? Actually, there's an interesting story on that one that I just read. And apparently the audio on that ref was not working right. So the other refs didn't hear him trying to stop the play and the play started. It wasn't until later that they're like, no, 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 this play doesn't count. We got to stop it. He was coming in. He was trying to signal them. They didn't get the signal. They didn't hear him. Yeah. And so the play went on, but they still had to call it. Ultimately, and I know it sucks, ultimately what they did was correct. It's just bad. It's, it's like you said, bad production, bad calls, bad this. This is bad ref organization. Like This is a championship game. This is unacceptable. Yes. To not have these things working. Yeah. And, I, and for everything else you have just said, I 100% agree. This was, there is absolutely nothing I can refute on what you've said. Now, I've got my problems with the in-game stuff that has happened. We'll talk about that. Sure. But everything oh, yeah. else you've just laid out, I completely agree with. Yeah. I am not here to say that the referees cost the Bengals the game. Now, I can point to a half a dozen things that could have been called and should have been. Uh, Both the Burrow sacks in the second half should have been flagged. Had that been Patrick Mahomes, he would have been flagged. One was the shove at the end. That wasn't even a sack. That was the throw. He was shoved. If that's Patrick Mahomes, that's a 15-yard penalty. The sack that Chris Jones had, he came down with his full weight. I don't like that rule. But they've been flagging that shit all year. Why did Joe Burrow? All damn year long. And we've been railing against it because it's a bullshit rule. But all of a sudden, that rule doesn't exist in a championship game. At least not for Mahomes or for for Burrow or for the Chiefs, you know. I I think that – and look, there's no excuse. Look, the Bengals had a chance to go win the game. They had a chance to go down the field, and they just didn't do it. And so – and then they punted. They did the right thing in punting. And they played well on defense, that possession. The Chiefs literally got 11 yards. But the penalty was the killer. And it was the correct call on the penalty. Absolutely correct call. I do not blame the refs on that. I do not either. But I I will be goddamned if you're going to tell me that Patrick Mahomes went out there and won that game. Because he did. That game was just a slop fest of two really good teams playing their worst football. And if the Kansas City Chiefs think they're going to play like this in the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about it. They're going to get fucking railed. They better get it together. There, this is I, the I will, kind of stuff I will I've been complaining about one. all year about the Chiefs. 
This is all the stuff I've been saying with the Chiefs. I've been saying this on this podcast, on Tyler's podcast. I've been saying they haven't put a full game together. And what is that signature win? And it, people are pointing to that 49ers game in week seven. Chiefs haven't put together a game since game seven, and this wasn't a complete game. No, it definitely was not. I will counter one thing. I would say Patrick Mahomes did win it because they threw the damn ball 43 times. They had 20 total runs. Patrick threw, ran it yeah. three times. So it means McKinnon, Jones, and Pachenko. Pachenko had the most at 10 rushes. 10 runs. Yeah, for 26 yards. Not Mahomes. Total 17 run plays. Well, let's that let's get into that. that 17 yeah, so plays that weren't Mahomes. That. Because, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes went there and played on a, a really bad ankle. You could tell it was hurting him. It affected his throwing. Um, and he gave a great performance as far as his effort and his intensity. He did not play yeah. well, but his effort was incredibly good. I will not take that away from him. I think Andy Reid owes him a fucking apology today. I think Eric Bieniemy oh, owes him a fucking apology today. It shouldn't have been 43 passes and 20 runs. It should have been half. It should have been 35 runs and 30 passes. They do that, they Agreed. still win this game. Because it wasn't As like a matter this of fact, they probably win it, it wasn't a shootout. It was not the shootout everybody thought it was going to be. And to me, that was the worst. Is you put Patrick Mahomes in those situations. Uh, I'm looking at it now. And, under, I'm, and understand, I'm not – the Bengals are no better. Burrow threw it 41 times. He ran it four times, which yeah. means that the, the Bengals only ran the ball through Perrine and, and Mixon for 13 rushes in the game. Yeah. They both had the same gameplay. They both did it poorly, and they both made the mistake. Yeah. I, I am livid at the play calling in this game on both sides of the ball. Yeah. There's one specific play, and you know which one it is, that I am, I am blaming the Bengals for all the way through. But both of these teams played through their quarterback. I do not understand that on a cold night. Yeah. It's cold in Kansas City. Balls are hard. You should be running the ball more, protecting those possessions. And they went, both of them threw for more than 40, 40 times. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am flabbergasted at the mentality of these coaches. Where is this play calling coming from? Because, quite frankly, if either of these teams run the ball twice as often through their running backs as they did, they own this game hands down. It's not close. Yeah. They own it. The two turnovers, three turnovers in the game. I want to bring this up too. The three turnovers in the game. Burrow had two interceptions. Mahomes had to fumble. Um, the interception that Burrow threw, the next, next possession for the Chiefs is a three and out. That's the one in the first yeah. half. The next one he throws, the Chiefs have a seven, seven, yeah, seven, uh, seven play drive and a punt. And the Chiefs had a couple three and outs in the first half. In the second half, they opened with a three and out. Hey, that was the Chiefs' chance to win the game. Up 13-6 to half. The Chiefs get the ball first. 
and they absolutely had a chance to put the game away. I remember talking, I'm watching it with the wife and the kiddo, and I said, look, if the Chiefs come out and score a touchdown, this is 20 to 6, the game's over. Because Burrow's going to have to sit back and keep throwing and keep throwing, and there's going to be, and the Chiefs will just drop eight, and it's going to be a pain in the ass. They go three and out. Burrow goes straight down, eight plays, touchdown. The Chiefs did have that long possession, the best possession of the game anybody had, 11 plays, 77 yards, and get a touchdown, make it a seven-point game again. And you got the Bengals punt, Mahomes fumbles, and the Mahomes fumble set up the Bengals touchdown. Mm-hmm. Six plays, 45. That was the big play to chase that gets them down there, and they did that. Yep. Um, then you have eight plays with a punt for the Chiefs. Burrow's interception, a punt, a punt. The field goal that then puts the Chiefs ahead, again, it was a short field. It was four plays, 26 yards, and 15 of that is the penalty. This was not a well – anybody that says, well, it was a good game, it was a good game in scoring only, in the closeness of scoring. If you want to say that, I'll hear that. I'll hear that it was a competitively scored game, but this was like watching bad college football. This is the kind of game that like, you don't watch college football like I do. This is why. Games like this. Games like this where you see that the example I'll give you is like Purdue, Indiana. Um, you know, those Big Ten games that come on at 11 a.m. that nobody watches except for the alumni. Um, you know, Vanderbilt versus Mississippi. That's what this game, <laughs> game was. This was a bad game. And it's too bad because these are two good teams. This is the second and third best teams in all of football. It was very clear to that this week. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll say this. The four teams that were left were the four best teams. Yes, that I agree with. That I completely agree with. Now, I think we see Here's, one, and one is one by a mile. Oh, God, yes. I, you and I are in complete agreement on this right now. Two, three, and four, you can put them whichever way you want. And I'll listen to it. But I, for this to be the second, two of the, be, two of the top four teams in the league to play this badly is a damn disgrace. It was not a good game at all. And I it was very poorly coached to say the least. Oh, don't oh the to coach the, the play calling was awful. And again, the Chiefs were as bad as the Bengals at it. The Bengals made the only real uh, um um change in the in the, what they were doing, and that was the offensive line. But the midway through the second quarter, they had the pass rush figured out. They made a great adjustment. They were starting the to get some protection. Yeah, yeah. They got the protection after the after the fourth sack. There were four sacks in the quarter and a quarter, a quarter and two minutes, and then the fifth yeah. sack was late in the game, and that was on a stunt they ran. That was and Tony Romo was a hundred percent wrong. No, they, they, ran Chris came. they came. They ran, they ran yeah. Chris Jones out there three or four times. He just happened to be good on that play. It was so it wasn't like it was something they threw at him and said, "Oh, no, that was we saw that plenty of times that night." Um, offensive line play, both sides, bad. Play calling, bad. I look, like I said, Andy Reid, 
and Eric Bieniemy, they should both be doing whatever they can to make Patrick Mahomes happy right now because your quarterback with his plant leg, the one he's pushing off of, to try to throw, he can't throw on. He's having to go to his front leg. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And you're going to have him throw the ball 43 times? It's good for them they won the game because if they don't lost the game that way, he I'd have gone in the fucking locker room and punched that fat motherfucker. And his little midget fucking offensive coordinator. I I completely agree. You know which play I hate the most, and that's yeah. up up to that point. It's the, and it's the interception in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you right now, I was driving home from from watching the game. I forgot it was an interception. I was so upset that it was a pa- a long pass. Yeah. That all I could fixate on. I got home and saw the replays. Oh yeah, that was an interception play. Because all yeah, I can think of ball. is I'm watching it. They came out in pass formation. I was like, you should be running. It's three yards, and you got seven minutes to burn and a whole field to go. You should be running yeah. three yards through Mixon. They came out in pass formation. I was like, all right, top of the key, just do a quick slant. And he ran a slant coming down. I was like, just pop it. The next thing I know, it's going 30 yards in the air, and I'm screaming at the TV. I'm yeah. screaming, what are you throwing here? Yeah. Because this is well, the wrong call. What have I said all year long? How are you to beat the Chiefs? One key thing you have to do to beat the Chiefs, yeah. keep Mahomes keep off the field. Yeah. yeah. Got to well, keep Mahomes the off the field. You is run they, the ball, you dink and dunk, you march down the field and eat up a ton of clock and keep him off the field. Yeah. Well, the thing was is that – so I'm not as mad about that play as you are. And, and the reason being is that I'm okay, so the Bengals were driving. They would gotten from – they started at the 18. There was the penalty, put them back. It's the 9. They were at the 36. I was sitting there at seven minutes. I said, look, I really think both these teams are still going to have three possessions. I didn't think you could burn seven minutes. I wouldn't have even asked Burrow to burn seven minutes. I didn't mind the third and long, the third and three deep pass, knowing who they're throwing it to, Higgins. He's already high-pointed one, and he was trying to do the same thing again. The Chiefs' defense I will say, and we'll get to this in a second too, the Chiefs defensive backs had a good game. The DBs, the two DBs were there. They were able to cut it off. Um, Higgins couldn't get his hands up. And again, nothing bad. It was just he couldn't get his hands up in time. That ball came out, the DB, but it, but it ended up acting like a punt because it was at kind of it it kind of is here's here's my problem with it here's my problem with it because you consider the situation you don't need 30 yards you need three we've talked about getting first downs and moving the ball repeatedly we've talked about running the ball which neither did neither team did enough of and this was a time to do it the other reason i say to do that is keep mahomes off the field considering the time and the temperature keep him cold don't let him get into a rhythm There's, you don't have to burn seven minutes. Just burn as much as you can and get to the other side of the field. Yeah. There was no I, need for a 30-yard bomb in that yeah. regard because you had open men five yards deep, and that's all you needed. You got well, greedy, and this is terrible play calling in my opinion. Not only that, he's in double coverage where everyone else is in single. Yeah, I think that both teams at seven minutes to go thought they were going to have to have two scores to win. I think I thought that. I thought you're going to have to score twice. 
Because each team See, is going to look different because I'm, I'm they looking swap touchdowns. I thought they would swap touchdowns and then it would be I thought okay, Burrow will drive them down, then Mahomes will drive them down, and whoever has this ball last is going to win. And because after that that next possession after the interception it ended up being a punt. That's where they put him at the 37-yard line. And the punt puts the uh, Bengals down, what, was that, it was at the six? So it was one of those things where, okay, that was good of the Chiefs to burn up the four minutes they burned up and only left the Bengals with two and a half minutes. But the Bengals' defense answered after that play you were talking about, the interception. And I had, yeah. So I get it, but 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 see, the the thing you're saying, I agree with that in a way. Is then the Chiefs did the same thing with their play calling. The only run play was the first play. Yeah, you get the ball back at six fifty seven. You got to think you're going to have to score twice. I mean, I I really agree with that. We're already we're not in a shootout. My whole yeah, point but, is we're not in a shootout. These yeah, guys are playing defensive battles because they are throwing a ton. If they had ran the ball, this wouldn't be an issue. But because yeah. they were throwing so much, it wasn't a shootout because the D-backs the on both sides were playing pretty decent ball, and Mahomes is hampered. It's cold weather. You know, My whole thing on this is – if I want to win this game, I got to I got to not be in a shootout. I won't, I don't need two yeah. touchdowns. I need to well, keep him to as minimum as possible and be effective on offense. Yeah. So for me, it's if I burn four minutes and I leave him with three, he comes in cold, and I and I have faith in my defense because at the time they had just scored, they had been holding him, and they had momentum in their favor. Yeah. As soon as that interception happens, yeah. And well, everything fell apart. The dominoes started falling against yeah. them. And yeah, that's where, I, I, I'm, that's where I'm, I, that's why I point to that one play. Not that it itself cost the game, but it was the catalyst that started the dominoes falling against them. Yeah, because when I look at it then, that Chiefs possession, the seven-play seven possession after that, where they got it yeah. into, Chiefs, into Bengals territory, but I had to punt. They ran the ball in the first play. They get two yards. Six of the next seven plays were passes. It tells me that the Chiefs were thinking we have to score and we're going to have to hold them. We're going to, I really think both teams thought at that time this is still going to be a shootout at the end. Because of the, and also, it tells the, me that both teams had no faith in their defenses. Yeah. I don't think that either of them trusted And, and the their funny thing is, is their defense had been playing well. Both sides, both teams' defenses have been playing pretty well holding them because they were at 20. Yeah. In a shootout game, which is normally 40 to 45 for both of these teams in this matchup, we were at 20. So I yeah. would have put faith in the defense to hold. Yeah. Well, then, okay, so then after that punt the Chiefs have, that puts it down at the six-yard line. You've got the uh, short pass to Higgins for 10, two-minute warning. Then you had Burrow scrambles for three. And then they call the penalty on the intentional grounding. Yeah, which is another one. I agree with it. it. It's true. I said it. As soon as he threw it down, it's like, they're going to call that intentional. T- there's nobody around. The back was they right only there. had two linemen where the back was five, six yards deeper. He had two linemen in front of him. He threw it at the feet behind him. 
There yeah. was nobody everybody, around. They were going to call. Everybody that. does that. Burrow did it earlier in the game. Mahomes did it earlier in the game on screen passes. They threw it at the feet of the but line. But they were the it where bad, it landed was, a was a better. This was. Yeah. I immediately thought intentional grounding. They're going to call it, and they did. I knew it. With the other ones, I was questionable. Like, and they yeah, did. they can get a little leeway, well, but on that one, that there was one, no question in my mind. In that one, at least in this case, the ball don't lie, and Burrow went and got enough yardage to get the first down. On the next play, yeah, they went and got throw twenty three yards, so they get the first down. Yeah, and so now you're at under a minute, and they're like, okay, we got two timeouts. They call a timeout with forty eight seconds. They have the incomplete pass. Then he gets sacked, and again, the sack to me with Chris Jones. It's a great individual play by Chris Jones, and it was a legit sack. Problem I have is if. The penalty is a penalty all season long. It's got to be one there too. Because he's textbook he, he to what we've complained about all year. Yeah, I don't agree with the idea of the penalty, but that should have been flagged for for Pat for uh, roughing the passer. Had that been Patrick 100%. Mahomes, he would have been. It would have been a fifteen yard penalty. May then have to punt. Um, and it was a good punt down to the eighteen. The Chiefs come down, first play. Um, they get to six yards, and so they're going to run with Pacheco, which is a great play call, I think. You had time, so you want to get – the most important thing on a two-minute possession is, is on a hurry-up possession to get the first first down. Mahomes then throws to – it goes incomplete. Then the scramble. The scramble was a hell of a play by Mahomes. I'll make I mean, make that clear. Four, third and four, he gets you the gotta first You've got to give credit down. where credit is due. Yes. Yeah. The, the issue to me is then you get the penalty that moves that ball up 20 yards. They got 20 yards. They got 15 on the penalty, five on the play. And so 15 more yards makes a 45-yard field goal. Without that penalty, it's a 60-yard field goal. He's not making that. It wasn't like Mahomes went down there and won the game. He made one play with his feet. And it really was – it was a good play, but it wasn't a great play. He no. flopped when he went out. Honestly, if he doesn't flop, you might not throw that flag. I think they throw that flag regardless. Because I, 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 I saw it and – Yeah. And, again, it's I mean, that I play. They've the called right it call. all year that way. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's the, the right – they're going to protect the court, and they protect the quarterbacks. So I get that. And then nothing you can do about that. You get flagged for that. Okay. I mean, and so the people who are like jumping on um, Osai today saying, how can you do that? Look, he's at the heat of the moment. You're right there at the sideline. He's trying to make a play. Everyone's trying to make a play. You get out of bounds. It happens. It wasn't. It's, it's it really didn't look like he was trying to hurt him. Either. Yeah. He wasn't like he threw his shoulder into him. It was trying. He was trying to stop and he did push him. Your hands come out, they push the guy. It, it happens. Yeah. So but this is not one this is not one play. And, and in fairness, I'm you know, I'm pointing at one play as a catalyst to, to, to their downfall. But there are issues throughout the entire game yeah. that led to the Bengals going down. And and in fairness, and like we've said, both neither of these teams of uh the coaching was not good on either side. No. At all. Cool. Play calling was awful. Play call was awful on both sides. Yeah, play calling was awful. If, if that was their strategies for this game, to go out there and throw the ball 40 times and run it and run it less than 20, 
then both those OCs should not be calling plays. Period. I agree. Uh, it was horrible. I completely agree. It's, it's yeah. like both of these teams forgot who they were getting into this game. They yeah. really did. They because neither of them played their own showed, ball properly. Both teams have showed when they run the ball, they're effective and they're going to win. And we knew going in, the team that ran the ball the most was going to win. Chiefs happened to run. Both the of these teams, teams the week before, the week before, they both ran successfully, both mm-hmm. teams. And it's like they abandoned the core of their game that would have led to a definitive yeah. win. Either of these teams double their, their, their rushes, they yeah. win. I don't care what don't the even, scores is. There's no question they win. Yeah, and I don't think it's even doubling it. I think if you just had a 50-50 mix, and if you that don't believe me, we'll talk about the one team that does that <laughs> in the next game. But the other thing I want to talk about in this game, game aside, Congratulations, the Chiefs win. They're going to the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. You get your flowers. You beat the Bengals, and I, I, I congrats. You deserve it. By the way, leading rusher in the game, looking at this right now, leading rusher. Who is the leading rusher in this game? Who do you think it was? It, it totally is Joe Burrow. I see him looking at it's it. It's Joe Burrow. He's yeah. got 30 yards. 30 yards. 30 freaking yards. That's ridiculous. Joe Burrow was the leading rusher in the game. That is the uh, of on both sides. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. And <laughs> and I will say this: I will. We were talking about it. They played through Mahomes. If if I will take anything positive away for the Chiefs fans, take this away because I believe this to be true. On a bad ankle, what he did by put literally carrying the team on his back, I think he has cemented his MVP status for the year. He did more with less. And he did it under duress yeah. in a, on a cold night in a championship yeah. game. Take that as a positive because I know we're ranting on this one, but Mah- I think Mahomes has shored up his MVP vote. Well, yeah, you, they, they do the vote for the, 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 the postseason. Well, but, I mean, anybody yeah. that hasn't but it, come it, it up, but he, those he, who he, are thinking about it, this yeah, is textbook Mahomes yeah. putting it on his, on his shoulders and, yeah. and making it happen. Yeah. So to that, I will give him all the oh, credit he in the world. He's done – he did everything he could possibly do to make sure they won this game. I mean, yeah. literally anything flowers. he could do, he was doing it. If nothing else, he earned my respect in that that was tough playing. The play, the way he oh, had absolutely. to play. Absolutely. His coaching staff did him zero favors. Zero. So there's my point on that. And then I'll give the Chiefs their flyers. They won the game. I'm not going to say they deserve the win. I'm not going to say the Bengals blew it. Both these teams played really poorly. This was the this was the okay. We got we got the last fortunate bounce in a game of really shitty bounces. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I want to talk about that game I mentioned it in passing. We're going to get back to it now. Is yeah. the announcing was dreadful. I know that these these. Fox and ESPN and CBS pay a ton of money. Amazon now, too, pay a ton of money with these games on. They pay these announcers a ton of money. And Jim Nance is as good a play-by-play guy as there is. You know, he does college basketball. He does the Masters. And he does the NFL. And mechanically, he is great. He was horrible in this game. This was the worst I've ever heard Jim Nance. He had zero clues what was going on throughout this game. 
And I mentioned it earlier, Tony Romo. I was a big, when Tony Romo was a player, I hated him. Played for the Cowboys. I hate the fucking Cowboys. And he was a bitch when he played. I mean, he just, he whined, he cried, he bitched, pissed, and moaned. It was great when the Saints would beat him every time we beat him. But what really upset me, that when he kind of came in, I was like, wow, he's really good. He understands the game. He's reading the defenses. He's going, hey, look out for this. It's the kind of stuff that, like, I look at when I'm watching games. And I'm a pain in the ass to watch a game with. You know this. You <laughs> the game. Hey, I am a pain in the ass to watch a game with. Like, I don't go to Super Bowl parties because I don't watch the game. And I kind of half-assed start analyzing stuff in my head going, okay, they're going to do this. This is what's going to come next. And Romo, when he first started with CBS three or four years ago, was, was calling games that way. And it was very clear that at some point, someone told him, stop predicting plays. It's very clear he was told that by somebody. He stopped doing it. It was what made him interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And now announcers are trying to be John Madden. Chris Collinsworth tries to do it on Sunday nights in the, on NBC and Tony Romo. And it's that excitement and the, oh, wow, and this and this, and you, you're this high. And all of a sudden, whoo, these great quarterbacks. It, it turned out to Ric Flair all of a sudden. In the fourth quarter of this game, Tony Romo wore me out with, Okay, now Mahomes just had this. Let's see what Burrow can do. There are 22 players in the field. And in the second half of this game, Tony Romo spoke about two of them. Burrow Mahomes, yeah. Burrow Mahomes. It's almost like he doesn't know anything else about football. Now, I know he does because I've seen him do better. And I know that some of these guys are trying really hard to be a personality and to differentiate themselves. But if you take the four major, the, 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 the A teams from the four networks, ESPN, Fox, CBS, and NBC, I am convinced that Nance and Romo are either third or fourth. The pregame is bad on the pregame's bad on CBS. The way they interact um, the way they interact with each other during the game is bad. Um, the pregame people are bad. All of them except for Nate Burles. They're all just awful. James Brown's just sitting there collecting a check right now. And the Boomer, um, Boomer Siason, Phil Sims, and Bill oh, that, Cal- that, I, I can I can't watch them. I Those three watch. guys can just eat bags of dog shit for breakfast because they're fucking terrible. Uh, awful, 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 awful. It was so bad that two or three years ago when Jim Rome was with them, Jim Rome was the best part. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, no, okay. I- and he wasn't great. I, I'm a big Jim Rome fan, but he wasn't great. That was the worst thing he did. And I was like, yeah. this, is, this isn't, I mean, this is okay, but. Yeah, he's better than all those guys. Um, there's nothing interesting during this game. The, 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 the CBS crew, there's nothing interesting about them. They don't do anything technology-wise that looks better. Their, their graphics look worse. It's boring. 
Um, Jim Nance has got a voice for golf. I mean, Jim Nance is great for the Masters. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He's great (laughs) for the Masters. I know he's the voice of the Final Four. Look, he isn't that good. It's time we be honest. Some of these guys aren't that fucking good, this job. And that we let some other people get in here. CBS needs to change that number one team. You know, you, you mentioned something there, and it's like somebody came and told Tony Romo to do this, to, to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, it's, it's an interesting parallel here. It's almost like you have to blame his coaching. Yes, yes. Not, it's, it's like coaching for everyone. Both teams and the announcers went right out the damn window and did no service to anything that was going on because, quite frankly, that's what this, this needed because there's a part of me that thinks that Roma would have said there's like, I'm confused what's going on here. Like, I would have loved for him to say, you know, they, you know I've got 35 passes and only seven rushes here. I'm not sure this is the game plan either team wanted. And Tony Romo is the guy who would have said that. He would have said that. He's getting muzzled. Absolutely, he would have. The first two seasons, he would have said, I don't know. It's a great example. Great example. Because he would have done that. He said, you know, you've got to be more balanced out here. And his excitement for the game is palpable. Yeah. Now it feels like it's put on. And the NFL, yeah, he's he's been told to mature or do something different, and realizing that these producers don't know a fucking thing, especially on CBS, who is the most boring broadcast of all of them. Yeah, you look at it; it's. I know the league. The league tells them certain things, and the league loves the narrative of quarterbacks, quarterback versus quarterback. It's easy to get fans involved in that. It makes it to where it's appointment television, especially in a game like we had in the second game on on Sunday, which was two of the three or four biggest names. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I get that. This is the same as, you know, Brady and Manning, you know, Montana and Marino. I get it. I get it. I understand it's what they're trying to push. And you don't have to – and look, I know I'm a geek when it comes to, like, pass blocking and – and run blocking, like I, I see plays and I go, oh, shit, look at that block. And then they show the replay, and everybody in the room with me is like, oh, snap. And I'm like, yeah, that's what made the play. It wasn't this asshole under center. It was that left guard that took out the linebacker, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they you don't mentioned something there where they're talking about that. Yeah. But you you know, mentioned that they were trying to be Madden. And the are. thing that I think they've forgotten is that Madden did that too. Yes, that's what Madden did best, was he gave everybody their flowers. We learned about guys like Nate Newton and Larry Allen. Reggie White became a superstar because of John Madden. It wasn't just Brett Favre. You know, people always kind of put Brett Favre and John Madden together. But if you watch those games back in the 90s and in the 2000s, man, he was – John Madden's favorite player for 10 years in the NFL was Nate Newton, who's a fucking left guard. Anytime they had the Cowboys, he'd be like, hey, check out Nate Newton here. Hey, look at this guy. You know, you got this. You got this. And that's what Tony Romo's doing, but he's only doing it for the quarterback. Well, he needs to go. You know what he needs to do? He needs to leave CBS and go to a, to a network that will let him do it. 
Well, that's what really. This is one of those situations where you, we talk about CBS. CBS is the is the worst of all. They all do this to a degree, but CBS is the absolute worst at that kind of announcer suppression, where they just are happy with the most bland, generic bullshit analysts up there in the booth. And quite frankly, Tony Roma brings a, a youthfulness and a perspective that the rest of us crave, and CBS doesn't even know how. Like that because they're. They t- they treat football like their target audience for the rest of the channel, which is over fifty. Who gives a shit? Yeah, they, I want your very, football here. It, it's almost like um, they want Tony Romo to try to go get them to murder. She wrote people. You know, you remember yeah. back in the day, you hear <laughs> yes. that, and summer yes. summer I'll be like coming up after the next after the game, murder. She wrote. You know, and that's what they think they're appealing to. The problem is, and you can clearly tell someone told Tony Romo to quit being him. And to do this instead. You know what I'd rather him go? Where I'd rather him go? I'd rather him go to Amazon. Well, I would love him to be in the booth okay. for Amazon. Well, let's talk about this because we now have the four networks, CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, and Amazon. So five. And yeah, Nan yeah, Romo side, are, yeah. either the, are either the worst or the second worst, depending on what your liking is. All right. So yeah. here's the five. So I'll let you try to help me out here. Monday Night Football has Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Now, I will say this people disagree with me on this. Joe Buck is the greatest play by play man of all time. He, it, people don't like him in Kansas City because <sighs> they, they, they know he's from St. Louis and they, pay, they shit oh, on yeah, him yeah, for the yeah. years that he was doing Royals. World Series back in the 2015 era. Yeah. Like he didn't give the Royals enough cred. I love Joe Buck's rebuttal to that. But Joe Buck, that's a hard look. Being the play by play guy is really hard. I've called games, I've done them with Tyler. Tyler's job is 10 times harder than mine. My job is simply to tell you what the fuck's going on in the field. Tyler's got to go in and when we're doing games and he's got to describe the action. Pause just right so I can get in and say something. He's got to talk about, uh, um, he's got to get, get us to our breaks. He's got to do the, the read, the live read. He's going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And he's got to saw a producer talking to him. Now, we were lucky enough in a few of those games, we didn't have producers, it was just the two of us. But we would talk. We'd be like, okay, do this. Yeah, okay. And he'd be like, hey, I'm going to let you in. Boom, I'm there. And I knew how to get out. Yeah. Romo and Nance can do that, and all four of these guys that are the – all five of these guys who are the play-by-play guys, none of them are bad. None of them are horrible. To me, Joe Buck's the best. Al Michaels is the GOAT in many ways, but it, he's not as quite as good right now. He's, he's up there. He's up there. It's a problem. He's, he's basically aged out. Yeah, I mean, he's 80 years old like now. He would be right at home on CBS now. He's really great. So the, I look at it and I go, okay, if I was to choose any of them, I would choose Buck and Aikman. A lot of people don't like Aikman, but Aikman's not a, he's the one guy who's not afraid to call a motherfucker out and to say, I actually was talking good. about this very thing on Sunday uh, during the games. And they were talking, I was like, I don't like Roma. I was like, I think Aikman's better because <laughs> he's not afraid of calling that shit out. He will call the play correctly. Yep, he'll say. And that's where Romo doesn't have that, you know, uh-huh. Aikman's had 
two decades of this under his belt. He's been doing it a while. Like he's like, fine, get rid of me. I don't give a shit. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Romo's a little bit newer to the game in that regard, but I completely agree with your assessment. However, when you're talking about the Monday Night Football crew, I watched the I watched the Manning cast for the very reason we were just talking about. Hayden and Eli are not held to that standard as announcers, so they will talk yeah. about that on the field. They'll say, "Well, I don't know if we're doing what are they doing here," or they'll they'll call it out of. I'm not sure that's the right play call or, you know, I'm not sure what they were thinking in this situation because it cost them this or this and going on. They'll do that kind of call because they're not bound by those restrictions. This is their cast. And I like that about them. I haven't watched, if they're on, I won't watch Monday night. And it's not because I don't like Buck or Aikman. It's because I prefer that perspective of the game that I'm not getting from many of the other announcers. Yeah, I get that. But it's like, I don't think that what Peyton and Eli doing or is really announcing. I think no, no, a, it's not. It's that's a show. It's an entertainment show. That's different. Yeah, but it's the only time I'm getting what I want from what I should be getting from an announcers. I'm not getting yeah. it from them. So I'm like, only getting it know, from we, the We've talked about that thing on Monday night. Like, I can watch the man. And I look, I look. We know not a bigger Manning guy than I am. Um, I can watch that when it's not my team. When it's a game where I don't have a real good rooting interest, that's fine. But I don't like it in uh, if I'm watching my team, if I'm watching an important game. You know, if it's a if it's if it was Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, even though I'm not a fan of either guy necessarily, and they're not my teams, I'm going to watch the regular broadcast because I want to pay attention to the game. The Manning stuff, the Manning cast, they have the the extra stuff, the interviews, and the two brothers picking on each other, which is fun. And it's meant to be fun. It's just not what I want during my football game. But I'm different. And I, get I that. And I admit that I'm different in that way. So I look at these five traditional ones. I've got to tell you who I think is next best. Joe Buck moves over to ESPN. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on Fox are fantastic. Yes, yes. I do like them, yeah. They did the earlier game, which we're, we still even have to talk about that game yet. We're going to get there next. They are fan. They're doing the Super Bowl, by the way. That's who has the Super Bowl. Oh, thank God. It's oh, Burkhart Olsen. Now, here's the bad thing. I'll take thing. that all day long. You know what's bad about this, about this deal, right? You know Greg Olsen's not with Kevin Burkhart next year. Tom Brady is. Right. Yeah. Well, Greg, assuming, assuming. Yeah, assuming that he doesn't come back and play. But when he, whenever he's done playing, he's already guaranteed the number one Fox job. Greg Olson is really good, and he's not afraid to criticize. And he'll give he'll give you some explanations. And he's got a real mellow way of doing it. Burkhart's as good a play by play guy as anybody. He's been fantastic on Fox for years with whoever you put with him. You know whether it's football or baseball, he's incredible. Um, He's been great. I mean, that's the second best crew to me. The third best crew to me, and these are a, a, this is a new combo, is the, the Amazon crew. With, I like the Amazon show. I do. So it's Al Michaels, who has been around since the 70s and done it all. Well, he's a legend. He yeah, is the legend. legend in this business. And Kirk Herbstreet, who was a college guy. 
I mean, this guy didn't play in the NFL, but when he's done NFL games, like when he did them for ABC and ESPN, he, yeah. those he was very good. He's prepared. He's very well prepared. And they get some he's done dog shit yeah. games. They get some dog shit games on Thursday nights. Oh, my God. Michaels and Herb Street are the third best. And that's just saying, look, these three are really good. Yeah. And then you can argue however you want. Because you got Sunday nights. Sunday nights had Al Michaels. And it was the only thing that got me through listening to Chris Collinsworth. Was that Al Michaels knew, it, knew how to oh shut him God. up. Yeah. And now Mike Tirico is bad. Mike Tirico needs to go back to Notre Dame football or call golf or call the Olympics. Mike Tirico thinks he's Bob Costas and he couldn't get Bob Costas a glass of water. He's awful. And Collinsworth is another John Madden wannabe. Who does he it worse than everybody like, else? Here's a guy. He's not yeah. good. Yeah. He's not good. You know, as a matter of fact, that entire NBC team even going back into the to the to the studio, boring as shit. They are okay. that's they are the to me they are the 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 uh, studio crew that I would put at the bottom of that list. Yeah. Now I think the CBS studio crew is the worst, but I do think that NBC's is bad. Um, the young lady who runs it, I think she's excellent. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I think she's excellent, but I think yeah. Tony Dungy is pretty worthless. Um, I think I James Harrison's pretty good. Chris Sims knows his stuff, but he comes across douchey. That you have it and that you can be on camera showing it are two different things. He yes. knows his stuff, but he has no camera presence. He's I would vanilla love, at best. Do you remember? And they, they still have it. I think you can still get it in certain places. Or I don't, there used to be the old edge nfl matchup show where they broke down the plays from the previous week for a couple of different games and then they would predict the plays of the games for this week and it was merrill hodge I don't, yeah oh god it was so great it was on sunday it was, on, it was like saturday night like 1 a.m on espn it was great oh, yeah. chris sims would be incredible on there because i don't know that anybody would be better at breaking down plays that's why he's True. got that job. He's he was so good on Bleacher Report when he did it, and then he gets hired by NBC. But they've got to have fifteen fucking voices, and he gets lost in the shuffle. And Jason Garrett's just awful. I wouldn't let J Jason Garrett looks like a fucking toy sitting there, like hmm, I'm here, I'm here. He does look like a wind up toy, doesn't he? He yes. looks like a toy soldier. They like they wound him up in the back and said he's going to go for two hours. Go. He was a he was a, you know he was a backup quarterback for years. He's one of the kings of clipboard money. He was a decent head coach, not a great offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, but you know why people like him? He smiles and he went to Harvard. And they think he's smart because he went to Harvard. Probably need to meet more people that went to Harvard. Boom. Yeah. You ever met somebody from Harvard? That's not a shot across the bow. You know I didn't anybody go to Harvard. Harvard. I, ain't, I am not. I'll take a shot. No, at I am not like saying I wouldn't have even gotten into Harvard. So it's not no. a shot across no. the bow. I'm just <laughs> saying, I, I have, in my travels, I have met some very, very educated people 
And I have met some brilliant, brilliant minds who are still dumb as shit from time to time. Here's what I always say about it's, the people. When you get them out of their arena, they, you realize where their strengths are and where they're not. And just because Jason Garrett went to Harvard doesn't make him great football mind. It just means he's capable of learning things at a high level yes. that he excelled at. Did he, now, did he get out with sports medicine? Did he come out with a coaching degree for football? No. I played quarterback. So, that don't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I have friends. I think we both know some people who were Ivy League educated, whether it was Harvard or Yale or Cornell or wherever. I know a few people like that. Yeah. We have a friend who was a, a Harvard grad. Yes. And yes. what I will say is that nobody that I know, and if you're listening and you get mad at me, you're going to get mad at me. None of my friends who were Ivy League educated look they're amongst the smartest motherfuckers i know if not some of the smartest motherfuckers i know but they were tragically all born without a personality i'm not saying nothing <laughs> they were born without a personality I'm and look you have to be that way when you're ridiculously smart you know I have one friend who went to it, Yale. It's a great. And he is agreed. ridiculously smart, but he does not have a good person. Not that he's a good. He's a really great guy. You might be listening to this, but what I'll say is, he's. You have people like that. Their 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 thirst for knowledge just continues, and they're always learning something new, but they're not good interactors with people. And. Look at Mark Zuckerberg. Look at people like that. I mean, Bill Gates, it's these, they're genuinely genius level people. I'm not that genius. I'm not that smart either. But one thing that helps me is I got a pretty good personality. People tend to like me. I tend to like other people. I can talk to the wall, make the wall talk back sometimes. But that's just who you are as a personality. And that's a strength not everybody has. So, I just I, I look at it that way on the Jason Garrett thing, but I don't like Jason Garrett. Anyway, that's my thought. I don't I like was, Jason Garrett. I was thinking about this because we watched the two games, and as bad as the announcing was in the second game, boy, it was a lot better in the first game. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were great. Fox is the best production of a game with everything they do. Um, again, they set the I, standard. They do. They have done. They have since they 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 started that. Um, but let's get to the game because this game was a surprise to both of us. We said one week well, ago we thought both these teams, all these teams, all four of them were all very good, and they clearly are. But we thought these were all going to be close games. The Chiefs and the Bengals did not disappoint us. It was a very close game. Comes down to the last play. Yes. Yes. The 49ers, I don't know how you felt about this, but I'll explain kind of how I felt watching this game. Brock Purdy gets hurt in the first quarter. And Josh Johnson comes in the game. And Josh is not terrible, but he's also been there a month, month and a half. Yeah. And he's yeah. a journeyman. And you think, well, if anyone can get through this with a journeyman quarterback, it's Kyle Shanahan. But then he gets a concussion. And the league called down to get him out the game. The league jumped in. Had the league not jumped in, 
he stays in the game. Um, it was almost like it was unfair at a certain point. You have a team without a quarterback and the best team in the league. I mean, McCaffrey played quarterback. Yeah. He had to. And they were just trying to run <sighs> school shit that, like, you wouldn't run in an in a pickup game, you know, if you went right into a flag football game with your buddies on Thanksgiving, uh, it was, I felt bad for the 49ers. You know, it the, was, like when I, when I mentioned it at the start, the heartbreak, this is the heartbreak. Cause it was, I believe it was the sixth offensive play. They read it was a six or the seventh. I read it and I can't remember if it was six or seven, only six or seven plays. And he's out. And, and it's, and it's just, it's just a bridge too far. It's a, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Cause you could see that not only, I mean, it was a vicious hit. You knew he was hurt the moment it happened, but you could give the, you could basically give that collective gasp of every 49er on the field, in the stands and at home. It was just like, fuck, because that you're now well dry. You lost your third. You're going to your backup, backup, backup. Who's only been there a few weeks. And doesn't know the system, hadn't been there from the beginning, doesn't know these guys, and you could just the heartbreak happens. And I think that was a collective. Not only, you know, you could say that the D didn't show up. I have, I would I would agree. Yes, the D didn't show up because the Eagles were able to do pretty much what they wanted. But at the same time, even the D knew that this is a heartbreaker. Like he, without him, and no other, they had nobody else to go to. This was a prayer and a hope and nothing else was going to happen in the rest of the game. And it, it just broke my heart because I felt like all of these guys had done everything they needed. All they needed to do was protect Purdy and the Eagles got him. The Eagles got him good on a stunt and credit to them. And I said it before the game. I said it last week. I said it to my friends, whoever wins this game is my pick for the Super Bowl. I am happy with both of these teams going. I think they were the two best teams coming into the weekend. I thought the to, the, to the Eagles, but God, it breaks my heart because you know how much I've been high on the 49ers. All You've been the driver of the 49ers bandwagon all season, and they'd won 10 in a row. And the the Eagles uh, were not picking this game. Was that? 12 in a row. 12 games in a row. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Um, the, the Eagles were my picking this game. I have said all season they were the best team. Um. Jalen Hurts has missed a couple of games at the end of the season. He's the MVP. To me, he's still the MVP. I we saw it in this game. We saw it just how they play. I'm gonna jump into it here. Opening kickoff. Eagles has come down and churn. 11 plays, 66 yards, touchdown. Fumble. Then you have Punt, 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 punt. The 49ers, by this time, this is the, the injuries already happened to Purdy. Uh, Johnson's in the game at quarterback. They get a touchdown. This is what I found funny on this. Three, four, five, six plays. Six plays in this, this possession. One, two, three. Four out of six plays. McCaffrey. You had to. Yeah. That's that's the part of this is you you take you took Purdy out. You have to defend the run. That's all yeah. you have. And so to the, do. the only two plays that weren't to McCaffrey 
was the second and one. Um, Johnson just did a sneak two yards, get a first down. And it was because you were already in, they were already in the red zone at 25 at the time. And then the first down play after Johnson throws a pass short to the right. Uh, it was incomplete. They come back 23 yards to McCaffrey. Um, and it was just a run. I mean, he just, they ran behind Trent Williams, who is the greatest lineman I've ever seen in my life. Um, so you had the four, the 49ers. I mean, it's like, this is going to sound awful, but this is quarterback four. I mean, yeah, you had Trey Lance, who gets hurt after a game. Jimmy Garoppolo, who was QB two, and you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, and he gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy, who played really well, but Brock Purdy's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now you're a start, starting quarterback four. And and what are you going to do? You're playing the best team in the league. It doesn't matter that you may have the better defense. It doesn't matter you may have a better offensive line. It doesn't matter that you got Debo. It doesn't matter that you got McCaffrey. The quarterback has to be important, especially as you get to the end of a season. As you get to the playoffs, when the teams are better, you must have a quarterback who can occasionally make a play. You have to have that. It's important. It's your quarterback. It's, uh, 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 I'm out. I, I I'm out of fingers. I'm out of quarterbacks. I'm out. There's there's just no defending. There's no prepping for this. I mean, uh, up until he went out, Purdy was four for four. Yeah. Then he goes out. He was like bad. Yeah. So they threw four, including McCaffrey's play, fourteen attempts in the air after that. That's it. They couldn't throw anymore because they didn't have anyone to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So seven, seven, then the Eagles get the ball and the Eagles do what the Eagles do. This is fucking incredible. 14 plays, 75 yards, six minutes and 53 seconds. And they get tell me you can't have a seven minute drive. Well, you can't if you're the Eagles because they run the football. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. I'm I'm going to go this real quick. One, let's see. Uh, one. Uh huh. We have seen drives that go 13 minutes in this league over the years. You can have a seven minute drive. The, the Eagles have one, or damn near one. Damn near one. All right. 14 plays, seven runs, seven passes. Perfect balance. Seven runs, seven passes. And on the seven passes, he completed – he was sacked on one. And then he went four of six in the other seven plays. Dylan Hurts did. But you have balance there. Seven and seven, you're burning clock. Yeah. The 49ers didn't fumble. And the short field leaves 30 yards. The Eagles score a third touchdown. It's 20 to seven at the half, 21 seven at the half. Um, yeah. At halftime, we knew this game was over. And oh, it, it was it was over at the end of the first quarter, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you look, a, and it's the, the third quarter comes happen. out, and the 40 yards with the ball, and it's like, okay, six plays out. Then the Eagles go three and out. 
Then the 49ers go three and out. And then 15 plays, 91 yards, seven minutes and 50 seconds, an eight-minute possession. Run after run after run. Let me see how many passes were in this. Well, tell me you can't have a seven-minute drive. You can't at the end of the game, but you sure can in the third quarter, the second quarter. It, it's <laughs> this, this, it went exactly everything Super after fast. that went exactly like we thought it would. It, it's essentially what happened here 11 runs, well, it was 10 runs, four passes. There was the punt that had the penalty that ended yeah. up getting there. They roughed the kicker, and that's what got him the first down. That makes it 28 7. 49 turnover on downs. Eagles get a field goal, the fumble at the end. The Eagles ran it out. The Eagles got the ball back. I'm sitting here watching. Four minutes to go. The Eagles got the ball back, and they're up 31-7. You know that Christian McCaffrey is now the quarterback. And it was like the Eagles were going, how the fuck are we going to run out four minutes? Because it was also a short field. Yeah. And they did it. They ran the clock out. They ran 4.05 out on six plays for 12 yards. They just ran the ball all six plays. It's not about, it's, it's, it's just burning the clock down. Just, and that, that is to them, that's the mercy. They're just, they're just in the, in the game, yeah. run the clock out in the game. The 49ers never had a chance of coming back against them. They, and they had no the chance of, of even keeping it close. The this Eagles is, I mean, I, I thank the Eagles for not throwing up 60 on them because yeah. they really could have. Oh, yeah. And they didn't. They knew that, okay, Bur- Purdy's out. They're going to be – they're not going to have much of an offense. Run the ball, run the ball, run the – I mean, I'm looking at this as a team, including two from Gardner Minshew, 44, 44 rushings. They only ran it – they only threw it 25 times. Yeah. 44 runs for 148 total. Yeah. This is one of those situations where you could see that they are just running to end it. They want to burn the clock and just there's not a, they're not even worried about losing. They just want to finish the game respectively. Yeah, when I credit the them Eagles, for that. When the Eagles got up 28 to nothing or 28 to 7 in the third quarter, they clearly said, "We've won this game. They're not going to come back. Let's not get anybody hurt. Run the ball." But in and there's something to this because I believe Jalen Jalen Hurts had some rushes, but it in it looked it didn't look like he rushed as often as he actually did. There were only so many designed runs for him. The the sneak yeah. in the end zone that was one. But for the most part, you could tell we're not we don't want to put him at risk. We have a Super Bowl. We can see what happens when our, you know when he goes down, they lose. They lost yes. two games when he was out. Yes, and we're looking at the prime example of what happens in the 49ers. when your star court when your starter goes down your yeah. odds go down so it's protect hurts get him off the field let the running backs do their job and do it in tandem because you had Gainwell, you had sanders you had you even brought scott had a touchdown yeah it wasn't scott was great so, you, know, you look at you go okay so in the in the eagles thing when they lost the two games they lost two of the last three and hurts misses both games hurts could have played yeah. them he could have played the eagles knew Possible. 
the, the second game especially, he could have played. They held him out knowing they'd already won the division. They were going to be the one seed most likely, and they could bring him back week 18 to the yeah. cement the number one seed. And it gave him a couple of weeks to rest, get right, and they did it for this reason, because it was important to have the quarterback at the end of the season. Yes. The Eagles are the best team in the league. I don't think there's any doubt. Now, I'll give the Chiefs a puncher's chance in this game. We'll talk about it in a minute. But I, yeah. I Jalen Hurts has been the best player in the NFL this year. He's not going to win the MVP, Mahomes is, because he missed the two games. Uh, and in the third game, at the end, he didn't play but half of it. And I, and I agree with that idea of saying, hey, you can't give it to the guy who essentially played 14 games as opposed to 17. I, I'm on board yeah. with that. But no team has looked as good as the Eagles have. No team, no quarterback has played as well as Jalen Hurts has. Now, the difference is he's a different type of quarterback. He is not the guy. He's more Lamar Jackson than he is Patrick Mahomes. But that's what the Eagles are. It, I would agree with that, with the, with the caveat that the Eagles have actually provided him weapons. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. have to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to compare the two, the difference is going to be when you say, well, he's not like, yes, he is like Lamar. But Lamar has to carry the Ravens on his back every time he has the yeah. ball. The Ravens, Jalen Hurts has weapons to throw to, so he actually gets to use his arm. They get to spread it out, which opens up his running game at his convenience. When it's right for him, he doesn't yeah. have to run. Well, Lamar Jackson has to run because he's the, he's, he's the entire offense on that team, which is yeah. all wrong, but that's another conversation. We talked yeah. about so, that before. With Jalen Hurts, he's the right quarterback in that, in that position. They want to run read option. He's good at it. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He has gotten better in his career every single year. I've it's never seen a quarterback do that. Josh Allen I believe better every single year, and we could argue that Josh Allen took a step back this year. I would say in the second half of the year, that is absolutely true. He was, he was strong. He came out strong. But when you get to about week 10 to 12, he started to taper down. He took a step back, yeah. especially with his uh, the ball security. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback. He is not a drop back 45 times guy. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl next week a little bit. We'll get well. Obviously, we'll do our planning, but I kind of have a good feel for how that game's going to go already. It's. I look at it and I go, "This Eagles team is. They have a great offensive line. A great offensive line. They have a great defense. They really line. do. Their defense is studs all around. They got eleven of Absolutely. them. They all play well. Then in the run game, they just go committee in the running game, and they got the best committee." I mean, it's great. You got Gangwell and Sanders and Boston Scott comes in, and you go, fuck, these guys are all good. None of them and, are all pros. And Hurts can still run. Hurts can still run. And you look at that and you go, holy shit. Now, what are you going to have to do? The Chiefs are going to have to figure out how to do this. The Chiefs are going to have to get ahead. 
And they're going to have to put it where Jalen Hurts can throw the ball 45 times. And no one's done that yet. No one's done. No, and they're not going to do that. That's that's the thing here. We'll talk about this more. Yeah. But we'll break if you're the, asking still me, can, a lot. Can, the, can the Chiefs jump out to a huge lead against this team? I say, we haven't seen this defense against the, – say the Chiefs has not seen a defense like this yet. Yeah. No team in the AFC and no team they have played has showed up with a defense like the Eagles have. So we yeah. shall see. Yeah, and then also I look at it and say – with with respect to the to the Eagles as well as I'll say, they haven't been put in a situation by anybody where they had to get in a shootout. So that'll be interesting. And then with the Chiefs, we have no clue who's healthy right now. You got two weeks. That's true. So you got to figure Mahomes will be better. He's not going to be worse. So that that'll be helpful to them. Let's see what all these little injuries that happened in the game this week and see who's better. You know, you got two weeks instead of one. It'll be interesting. I think I know which way I'm going already, but I'm we'll we'll break it down at length next week. That'll be next week's show. Um, yeah. I just thought when it came to this 49ers Eagles team game, I really felt bad for the 49ers. I was like, they deserved better based on how they had played for the last three months. As soon as I saw the hit, it broke my heart. I knew in that instant it was. Yeah. And when I, I prayed heard... and prayed, hope he wasn't hurt, but I knew he was. I knew he was. Yeah. And, and without him, that was just not going to happen. Yeah. And you I, could I, tell I... the whole team, the whole team knew, and it, it, and it hurt the whole team. Yeah. The, um, by the way, have you heard what the Purdy injury is? It's a torn UCL. Yeah, it's torn six UCL. months at least, and they're up. They're looking at. They're trying to determine whether surgery is necessary or not. There's some. There's actually an experimental uh, surgery that's happening. That's a ligament brace. If it's completely torn, they haven't decided that yet. They're trying. I think Purdy doesn't want to do surgery. He's trying to do a non-invasive treatment, but they haven't finalized what the treatment needs to be. The, the team is recommending surgery. But I think they're needing another MRI to determine the the severity of the tear. Yeah. If it's a real if it's bad a full tear, it has to be surgery. Yeah. yeah. If it's a full and tear, it, it's surgery no matter what. Yeah, and it's the Tommy John surgery. Which you never see in football. You never see a Tommy John injury. Extremely rare. Extremely but it happens in baseball all the time because the pitchers. And Tommy John surgery yeah. is a year. It's a year. It's a year to your throwing again. It's awful. Now, what does happen? When you get Tommy John surgery, your arm comes back stronger. The prognosis right now that I read was he would his timetable to return would be in time for training camp. Yeah, if he does not have Tommy John surgery, yes, yes, yeah. But well, if he no, has it's, it's six months surgery, either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, it's six months either way. Recovery, whether it's surgery or not, and then rehab after that. Get him ready for the season to get into OTAs and training camp. The issue is. Does he need surgery or not? Which I imagine they will determine this week mm-hmm. and schedule. It's, it's, I'm reading an article. It breaks, and it, it breaks my because I really, I really like Purdy. I like. I know he's young and I know he's inexperienced and he hasn't played all year. I was looking forward to seeing definitively him having the starting job next year. I don't, but now you know we talk. I thought he. I thought he had. I, 
with what he has done, and if he could have showed throughout this entire game, he could have lost. To my opinion, in my eyes, and I'll, I'll, and the, the issue with I say this is, I, I thought about it all day yesterday before the game. Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Yeah, I think it's a different situation. I, I, I see your it's point. a different situation, but there is a parallel there to what got you there and what you have that you weren't sure of. Let's talk about future. that for a minute. Let's talk about it for a minute because it's an interesting conversation to have. That's we, now it's all moot because Brock Purdy's out six months. Trey Lance is the quarterback. I was a guy saying, no matter what, Trey Lance is my quarterback next season. And the reason I'm saying that was that I understand the fallacy of a sunken cost as an idea as well. But if I traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance, and I know how athletic he is, and he was already going to be my starting quarterback, that means I knew about him. I knew I had enough information to move forward. I can't just give up on him because this other guy is good. It's different than a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation. Drew Bledsoe, yes, because Drew Bledsoe wasn't playing well. I mean, he was okay. He was middle tier. With Trey Lance, you've got a guy who was a number three overall pick, number four, I mean, he was three or four in that draft. You give up three first-rounders to get him, and you have to give that guy a chance. And then think of it this way. If Kyle Shanahan can win this many games with Brock Purdy at quarterback, what can he do with Trey Lance? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to say this because I, am, I, I disagree, and I'll tell you why. I, can, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the number of first-round draft pick quarterbacks who were complete busts. I don't I'm, have enough finger. I don't have enough hair on my head to count the number of QBs who were god awful in the pros, who were standout Heisman Trophy winners. Tebow, I'll just throw out Tebow. Heisman Trophy winner come out was the arguably and has been given the ringer as an a god awful quarterback in the NFL. And it's quarterback after quarterback, especially first round ones, because they get all the attention of not producing. When they get to the NFL, they just can't make that transition. Well, Brock Purdy has shown he can play at this level. Trey Lance has not. Okay, so here's the argument. That's my argument. And it's not to say that he can't. I'm saying yeah, I get the investment. But you have a guy now who was in, a, in the NFC Championship, got you through the playoffs, the toughest part of the schedule, and he's also a rookie, and he costs you nothing. I'm not saying get rid of Trey Lance, and I get there, but if, if, he, has, if he doesn't have a torn UCL, Brock Purdy's my starter next year. See, there was, to me, there was no chance of making Brock Purdy my quarterback. And the reason being is that you got Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance was somebody who he's not – okay, so he, he played at North Dakota State. He was not a Heisman guy. And I think that the Tebow thing is really not – no one thought Tebow was going to be a good quarterback in the NFL except for Josh McGann. Trey Lance has got but, but you get raw. my point with that. Yeah, I do. There's plenty of busts. But there's also a thing where you look at this guy as an athlete. He's 6'4", 225. He's not a small guy. 
You can argue that, yeah, he was at North Dakota State, so he didn't play the best, um, the, the best competition there. But he also didn't play his first year. His first year, he played sparingly on the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. And he didn't play poorly in those games. Here's the guy who had to come from, from the, the, uh, the playoff, the football, the FBS, the, the FCS to the NFL. They yeah. knew the first yeah. year he wasn't going to play. He was supposed to carry a clipboard. He does get into, as it was seven games he got into, six games he got into. A couple of them were, three of them were mop-up jobs. Um, then three of them were because of Garoppolo's injury. He didn't play poorly, and he won two out of three. And he's somebody that we saw glimpses. And you go, okay, now I got a full off season. And you come into this season, and he's your guy. And he gets two games in. First game, he played okay the first game. He also has that run thing that Jalen Hurts has. But then the second game, he gets hurt. And he's out for the season. But that, that's, the, that's the thing. What's the injury? It was ACL, wasn't it? It's a torn ACL. Yeah. I, I still know I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to play him. I, I, because I got to know what I've got there. Can't, because if you go to Brock Purdy, you have to get rid of Trey Lance. You have to trade him. You can't have him as the backup. You can't have Brock- the number three overall pick sitting as the backup to the seventh round guy. When they're both in their well, first or we, second year, we can we can make that argument because uh, I know a few teams that have done it. Packers jumped to mind right off the bat. Well, the Packers the, the Packers made Aaron Rodgers sit for four years. True, true, but you never you didn't know what you had until the Favre decided they they got rid of Favre. You got yeah. Jordan Love sitting there right now. You don't know what you got with Jordan Love. They had an opportunity to learn it. They didn't. They and that's why you have to put play Trey Lance. It's because you have to know. And if you don't play he, him, you can't trade him. I mean, who's going to come I'm interested him? what they'll do here with this situation because now they're both injured. Now, it, it, And to me, Trey Lance still has the worst injury because it affects his mobility. It's not even a question I, in my mind. I His recovery, a, a recovery from an ACL, we have seen we have seen running backs, we have seen quarterbacks, we have seen wide receivers go down to an ACL and they don't come back the same. They're just not the same. ACLs be nothing so we don't know what we don't know. And you're absolutely right. We don't know what we have with Trey Lance. Yeah. Well, it's a UCL in a in a quarterback's throwing arm, and it's six months at best. I, I don't. Yeah. Again, you. I know that that's you, where the question mark comes. I think training yeah. camp will be a. a I'm curious to see what moves they're interested in making, which directions they're looking to go. I understand the situation, but I, I'm also of the belief that, you know, and, and I don't say, and I understand it's not the same thing when you talk about, you know, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, but you have a guy who took you from the regular season to finish it into the playoffs and against tough teams and finish strong and barring injury. He's shown you he can play at that level against those guys. If he's not your starter, he has to go. You can't keep okay. them both. Well, here's he can't what, be a backup. Now, he cannot be a backup now that he's played the starting game in an NFC championship 
he cannot be the backup coming off just because he's got a UCL tear. And the I, guy okay, behind him had three first picks cost for him. That's just that's just not right. Let me ask the question this way then, because I agree with you. It's really hard to not play. You know the other dynamic here you have to have is, and we'll just be blunt about this. The white guy versus the black guy. If the black if if, if Trey Lance is your starting quarterback, you're right. Brock Purdy can't stay because what's going to happen? Every time Trey Lance makes a mistake, and all quarterbacks make mistakes, they're going to be they're called for Brock right Purdy. Right back to what Purdy's already done, and especially in a playoff in game position because the the brother don't get as much love as the white guy does. It's just true, and I hate that. Uh, I'll be honest right now. Obviously, like, you just said that I forgot Trey Lance was black. I really did. I completely yeah. forgot. I didn't even think. Yeah, about and here's the thing: is that, and here's the other thing about it: is that if you look, teams that have black quarterbacks, and, and this is going to, I'm going to sound awful about this. There's no right way to say this. You could tell who the teams are that support their black quarterback because they make the backup black too. Because you don't want your team going and saying you don't want to. They don't. You don't yeah, want your don't fan base that. say. You don't want your fan base saying. Oh, play the backup. The backup quarterback's the most popular guy on the team in many places. Unless you've got Patrick Mahomes. I was about to say, our Super Bowl has got two black quarterbacks yeah. playing each and other. I, can, it's, it's, I think the first time ever, probably. It is the first time ever. Yes, and, the two black and good for him. Good for him. And, I'm glad. Yeah. But I tell you, had Jalen Hurts not played well this season, how many folks would have been asking for Gardner Minshew? Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I, oh, I don't yeah. disagree with you. It is a double standard in that regard. Absolutely. Um, and that's going to hurt Trey Lance. So that's why I'm thinking, look, I got to know what I got. And I've given up so much of this kid. If I believed in him already. But I, I, believe I understand where you're coming from, but I don't, I'm looking, I'm thinking myself across the league here. I'm not sure I buy that argument because I think a guy's like a Geno Smith who had real success and no one, no one thought it, but as soon as he started winning, it's just like, yes, Gino. Gino's better than we thought. This whole team, this scheme is working right That's for us. That's a little You look at the, the homes, you look at Jalen Hurts, you look at Tua, and he was injured, and they just wanted him back because with him, they were winning. Tua's an example of this, though. See, this is where I think you're a little off. Okay, Gino Smith, there was no expectation. It's an expectation piece. I guess There's you. no expectation on Gino Smith. So if he plays well, wonderful. Because there was no expectation that Seattle was going to be good this year. We talked about how we thought Seattle was going to be one of the worst five teams in the league this year. Yeah, we thought so. And they thought it too. Otherwise, they wouldn't have played Geno Smith. Then you look at Tua. Tua is a great example. Tua has not played as well as they like him to consistently. And what do we keep hearing? Anytime Tua has a bad game, Tua Tagovailo has a bad game, what do we hear? Well, they're going to have to look at Tom Brady in the offseason. Or they're going to have to go get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. They're going to have to go do this or that. Until this year. They're going to try this. You're going to hear that in the offseason this year, too. Guarantee it. Oh, no. They've already said it, and it's not going to – they are – that is not going to happen. They – what – they've already said – Tua's already said he's coming back, and quite frankly, I think it's risky, but I'm glad for Miami because I think they're better with it. They had more success with him than anybody else. Well, that's true. And I like Tua Tagovailoa. Well, I would keep him if I was Miami. But it's not Tua's decision. 
I mean, it's not his decision to play, but it's oh. his decision to come back. Yeah. So that's where I think yeah, it's a little I different. And, hey, look, if you don't believe me, look at what the New Orleans Saints did. You telling me that Andy Dalton's better than Jameis Winston? Let's let's not bring the Saints into this because I, I hate to throw shade on your it, own team. That you're, I know you're, wait, shopping. Oh, you're shopping. Oh, and I'm you, fucking you pissed got the Bengals. You got the Bengals. Yeah, they are they look, are dysfunction personified right now. Yeah, look at all the stuff. By they, don't, they haven't done anything right. Yeah, look at all the Kyler Murray stuff. People are saying, "Well, he's not. He's immature. What are we going to do?" They gave him the big extension, and their fans still aren't happy with him. The Ravens still haven't extended Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson has won an MVP in this league. Oh, I, I uh, with Lamar, he deserves a better team. This is this is not them not liking Lamar. This yeah. is the Baltimore Ravens not knowing how to manage a team. Lamar deserves a better team. They deserve yeah. he deserves a better organization that will stack him with weapons, protect his legs, and actually get them to a playoff in a Super Bowl. I, you know what I want to see? He can so do it. Now that the 49ers have lost and they're out, D'Amico Ryans is getting a head coaching job. I want D'Amico Ryans to go to the Texans. They got a huge salary cap. They got lots of draft capital. And I would love to see Lamar Jackson on that team. That would be a good place for him to go. You know where else he'd be really good? I could I could think of two teams. I, could he, I think he could, with all the weapons, Lamar Jackson in San Francisco would be good, but I don't think they have the cap space for that. They, it's the, their, their deal is it's Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Yeah. So I, it, what about Lamar to the Lions? I don't see them moving off of um, – off of um, Goff? Goff. I see what they were doing. Goff played Please. better than anyone expected. He's only got one year left on his contract. So what I suspect we'll see is either the Lions get a late, like a second or third round quarterback if they like one this year, and he becomes the backup to Goff, or they go into the draft next year and get a, get a quarterback. I don't think they try to go get a free agency for a quarterback. If Jalen is shopping, if they if 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 he's shopping for a team, if they if he if he no, comes to Lamar, time, you're sorry, Lamar yeah, I'm sorry, Lamar. Yeah, sorry, Lamar. If Lamar's shopping, and he and he's had it, and he's his is it's soured with the Ravens, and he wants to leave. The Lions are on the upswing; they're doing everything right, it, and he he could definitely have success there because yes. he's going to have weapons. He's going to have yes. he's going to have more going on. On a team on the upswing. He can yeah. make something happen there. I could see him fitting in that culture. Yeah. Well, and it's Detroit. It's too. a question of I think it, it, it becomes be a check. There. Yeah. He'd be great there. I think he'd be great. I think it's a good fit. I'm not sure that the Lions would go do it, but I do see where he'd be a great fit there. There's a no, there's more teams where he's a good fit than not a good fit. And I think the Ravens, he's not a good fit anymore. I think the Ravens has shown that they don't know how to use. Not only do they know how to do the, it, they don't respect The Ravens it. have been struck, and, and where the Ravens are, there's, they're, they've been struck with the, we're worried he's going to continue to get hurt. And I understand that, but here's the thing. We just saw these last four teams, you got to have the guy. And if you've got the guy, it's better to keep the guy and deal with the injuries than it is to go find the guy because you can't be wrong. 
but he's injured because of them. Yes. We have lamented how they use him and how his career is shortened because of it. Yeah. And I now, think you have it, and, and we've seen, and you, like, like you're saying, Jalen Hurts is the prime example of how to do it right. He can run, but he doesn't have to, so he doesn't get hurt. And he can lead a team. That's where I, I, I really want. I really want Lamar to leave Baltimore. I don't think that do team too. deserves him. I do too. And, and and you can see how a player can turn around a franchise. We just saw what Burrow's done. I mean, I've yeah. said for two seasons. I've said the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow. They've completely changed their franchise because of Joe Burrow. Uh, and I think a good a, a franchise that cares. To get Lamar Lamar Jackson and do something with him, that guy is to me. He's a top five quarterback. He is to me. He's a top five talent. And I just in the right just, team, I completely agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah, in this talent alone, I'll take that guy over most quarterbacks. Um, but then, and, and again, and you get to four, five, six. You're, those you're 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 picking nits on that. I mean, it's they're yeah, all. Yeah. It could be you got a, you got the same. Top, your, your top eight to top ten are going to be the same for almost everybody. Yeah. They might they might well, shift positions, but you're seeing yeah. looking at the same names. I think this week we'll talk about that a little more. Talk about some of the stuff we'll look for in the off season. We'll have some time on next week's show, so let's talk about that then. Uh, and we'll preview the Super Bowl as well, and then we'll talk about the Super Bowl after that. So I want to get out of here on that. Uh, we thank you for letting me purge because God damn it, I haven't been able to purge. Oh, we I worked there, all there. We needed it. We both needed it. We both need it. So, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles. You're in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a game. I have an opinion. <laughs> hey, I think we're going to – we're not really going to know until we know the health of a lot of players on the Chiefs roster. That's going to be the big – Agreed. Really, I agree. That's going to so, be key to how they show up. We can discuss that once we have injury reports coming in. At the you know at the end of the week and starting into next week and looking what's going on, but I, I, we both have a feeling, but there's no point really discussing it until we get closer to the game. Yeah, there's gonna be analysis left and right all day long and talking about it. So yeah, oh, it's gonna be crazy. I mean, it's what we're gonna see. Uh, before we jump out of here, we got the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks. It's the best time. They'll be to get your money down and have some fun. DraftKings, check out the link in our show notes. You can get up to $100 in bonuses uh, to your first deposit. If you deposit $100, they are going to give you $100. Then you make the first bet, a $5 bet. They're going to give you $200 in free bets. So check out DraftKings. They'll sponsor the podcast. We'll be back next on uh, Friday. Ellen and I will be back to make our picks. We'll probably make our Super Bowl picks then as well. Um, so we'll have some fun with that. Check out the link in the show notes if you want to go to DraftKings and get those extra bonuses. They're going to have so many prop bets out there for the Super Bowl. I mean, things like, you know, how long will the national anthem be? Um, who's getting the ball first? First score. There's going to be all sorts yep. of specialty stuff they never really have during the season. It's a great time. If you haven't done it, check it out. Check out DraftKings. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast this week. Uh, also, Uncle Rico is always brought to you by Stitch Fix. Uh, don't forget to use the link in the show notes for Stitch Fix. You're going to get $25 off your first Stitch Fix box. So we thank them for bringing Uncle Rico on this week. Anything else before we get out of here, brother? 
Actually, I wanted to ask, are you going to watch the skills, the skills challenge next week, the Pro Bowl replacement, I don't know. if you will? I'll likely glance at it. Um, I don't know if there's any basketball games that night or anything, or I don't know what I'll be doing at home. I'll probably at, at least have it on in the background. I understand why the Pro Bowl is not played the way it used to be a full game. I It's a filler for TV basically now, and I get it. Um, it's not appointment television for me. I'll say it that way. It's not a, I, I agree with, I'll probably have it on and I'll probably have it on the background. I'm hoping for some fun and some interesting things happening there, but yeah. I, I was never a fan of actually watching the pro bowl because it's not a real, I mean, it's just it's a, a real football game. game at best. No one's going to there. It's just showboating and making sure no one gets hurt because these guys aren't even playing anyway. So I, I, I want to see if there's something, if they, if they're able to do something with this skills weekend, that is fun and interesting. I'm, I'm looking yeah. for some entertainment, not looking for anything else, really. I yeah, hope. I think I have, hope. Have, an, have an expectation of it's going to be fun. I think the other issue with it is it's going to be something where, yeah, it'll be fun and goof around, but it's Sunday night, and there's a lot of good TV on Sunday night usually. So I'll, I'll be checking out probably something else. But if I'm doing stuff around the house, I'll probably just turn it on in the background. Like I said, my, my quote will be, it's not a point in television. So I mean, just kind of filler. That's fine. I mean, it's we got a, we got one Sunday with no football, and then we've only got one Sunday of football left, and then I have to get out and start cleaning the house up. <laughs> me too. I know. <laughs> I got yeah, but I got I got Jen yelling at me about to get this garage organized. That's my that's my Sundays for the next couple of months. Baseball can't get top fast to bottom anymore. everything in this house. Yeah. yeah. But hey, and I've been enjoying college basketball this year more than ever, and then the NBA as well. So, and you can bet on college basketball and the NBA on DraftKings, especially KUK State one, tomorrow night. Yep, KUK State will be. That's going to be a great game. And then yeah, um, I also am thinking that it's going to be it's going to be a competitive game. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. And then I will say one thing on DraftKings I really like. You know, we've been using other apps here as well. But live betting on DraftKings, DraftKings is by far the best. If you're someone that's watching the game and getting the feel and you want to play with those odds during the game, that's what I've become uh, a fan of. DraftKings is by far the best of that. I like the live betting. I, I much prefer live betting. I feel it's much more interactive. Yeah, you, and, you, and you get a feel for the game before the game starts. And it's like, okay, I – while you're watching it and able to see, is there going to be a comeback, whether you think a team's going to come from behind or, you know, which team's going to run away with it, you kind of get a feel. And those people who, like us, that kind of understand how the games are going, even though it's not, it's not what it appears to be. Like this past week, Sunday night's game, I didn't do hardly any live betting because I didn't have a good feel for the game. All I knew is both teams were playing badly. So it's like, yeah. I'm not going to live bet this. I don't have a good feel for what either of these teams are doing right now because they're all bad. So that was one where I, I didn't. I agree. It. I get it. So I totally get it. Check that out. Check it out on DraftKings. We're going to have some picks for you next week. Uh, we'll also pull off of DraftKings a couple of the prop bets. And I think Uncle Rico, get on DraftKings. Let's check out. Let's get our favorite. Yeah, prop. yeah. I, I agree. We should be doing We We'll, we'll both do it. As a yeah. pro, you know, as part of the the segment, we'll we'll um, we'll we'll make our picks on the prop bets. 
Yeah, we'll pick a couple of them. We'll pick our favorite ones, and then maybe I'll make a list of four or five of you and I'll just choose from. So, yeah, check that yeah, out. And check like out DraftKings. We thank DraftKings for coming on and being our new sponsor for our, our gambling apps and everything they're doing there. They're a great sponsor and great to work with. So thank you, DraftKings. Um, Do so responsibly. Absolutely. You know our rule here is tip money. Tip money. Whatever you're willing to tip, that's what you're willing to gamble. Don't go crazy here and extend yourself. Bet with your head, not over your head. Um, just fun. Yeah, Uncle Rico, thanks for coming on. As always, it's a lot of fun. This has been really helpful for me today. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with next week. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Uh, I want to shout out to Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all they do behind the scenes. I'll be on the Jones Report again this week. I might be on the whole show. I don't know yet. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, we appreciate every five-star review. So for Uncle Rico, Ricardo Gerbellini, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.